Congratulations, you found Tofty. Too old for that, yeah. I'm Karen Howie. And I'm Sue O'Brien. Tofty, Tofty, T-O-F-T-Y, Tofty, Tofty. Welcome everyone and in today's show we'll be continuing our blabber chatting with Irene Bennett's and then in the big brain bit we're going to turn our eyes towards retirement. Now this podcast is sort of aimed at people 55 years and over. Look we love young people to listen to it as well but we hope that some of the topics that we discuss, some of the ideas we bring up, some of the madness is of some appeal to people in that age group. And of course, many people in that age group are retired. So in the big brain bit, we're going to focus a little bit on retirement today. And uh, we're going to talk about a parachute. Uh, What colour is your parachute in retirement? Mm, Yes, it's a book. And boy, it's got a lot of interesting things about retirement in it, I can tell you. And then I'm going beyond the front door, Karen. Actually, I'm going to Noosa with my husband. But this is about not even getting to Noosa. It's just about... The experience at the airport with a budget airline. Oh, we've all had that, haven't yes, we? Yes, I hope you oh, can all relate. Yes, you can all relate to that. Okay. So here we go with episode two of Tofty. Tofty! Yay! Yay! turn your passion for singing into a career and into a business? Well, Susie, I was um, very excited to be given the opportunity to start working in some schools. And um, even though I'd had no teaching experience, I thought, you know, I should be able to maybe do this. And I started doing a few little bits and pieces. And from that, I started working in a group of schools in Altona. I went in as what was called an artist in residence, so I had no formal qualifications as a singing teacher, but I would go into schools and teach my craft. So as a result of that, I ended up teaching in many, 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 many schools and did that for, oh goodness, maybe 15, 16 years or so. But also at the same time, I used to take a few private lessons and I I started seeing that there was a group of people my age, at that stage I was in my 50s, that really wanted to learn to sing. Some ladies. I almost thought, where can these people go? I mean, you know, it's all very well teaching them, but what's the what's the choices for them? I mean, back then we had Australian Idol and lots of other things for young people learning to sing. And that's when I thought, maybe I could start a singing group for, for adults. Okay, so I decided to, to start this group called Sisters and Misters. It was originally Sisters of Song. And then all of a sudden a bloke was interested and I thought, oh, let's call it Sisters and Misters. And so it started off with um, 27 people, I think, and and I think about a dozen of them were students of mine. So 27 people gathered at Reservoir West Primary School on on a Thursday night, middle of winter. And then all of a sudden, before I knew it, I got to about 40, which was wonderful. So that was like 40. And I decided, no, these guys need a performance. So we decided, let's 
put a performance together. I only had a repertoire, I think, of about five songs, Mm -hmm. but that was enough. So we went to a hotel down in Preston. And I had um, the afternoon, we managed to get the, the hotel and we said, look, you know, we're going to try and bring some people together. We might get 50 or 60. Well, 40 people brought 400 people. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> 400 people rocked up to uh, the Stolberg, it was, the Stolberg in Preston. And on that day, all these other people said, I want to join. Before I knew it, we were up to about 60, 70. I then started one that was in Reservoir, started one in Eltham and... Um, we were given the opportunity uh, way back in end of 2010. Um, someone happened to hear that we were performing at a, I think, a, a market somewhere, a farmer's market, and they were a talent scout for Australia's Got Talent. And they loved the name Sisters and Misters. So through someone within the group, they got in touch with them you know, um, and said, what's it, Sisters and Misters? We want to know about it. And they rang me and I said, well, look, you know, we're basically the age group of between 17 to um, 80. And they said, oh, we've never had such a big singing group. We'd love you to try out for Australia's Got Talent. So we went along on a Sunday totally, totally unprepared. They rang us on a Thursday and it was that Sunday. So went along and um, we did Akadaka, Long Way to the Top. And I remember walking in, you could hear a pin drop. And 80 of us went along and we all sat there, it was silent. And this lady... I'll never forget, she had her glasses just to her nose and she peered up and looked at us and said, okay, what do we have here? And we said, da-da-da-da-da, okay. We started doing it and we finished and she said, my God, I love it, I want to join. I said, said, would you like to hear another track? Yes, please. Bang, hit track two. Well, we thought that was fabulous and we didn't make any more of it. And then in February we got the the email to say, congratulations, you're now through to the um, the heats. And you didn't have to wait three years, Rooney, like with new faces. It was exciting. So, yeah, so we went along and it was um, was an amazing experience and um, we managed to get a standing ovation and then we were um, one of 48 acts chosen Australia-wide to go into the semi-finals. So I think that, that that obviously helped the credibility of it all. But also, too, they were very interested in the stories. It was a community. It was friendship groups, people that had lost their partners through tragic circumstances, through cancer and also through, you know, depression issues and things like that. And bringing these people together and just was just really amazing. And I, I can remember someone said to me um, after Australia's Got Talent, sending the, the amount of people that sent me emails and said, you know, um, I've suffered depression all my life. Today I actually um, found that I was almost rising to the, the sky and I've never felt so happy in my life. So I think we should get you to go to all the psychologists and tell people. Start just, singing. And start singing. <laughs> oh, yes. Exactly. Start singing. Get the endorphins happening. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's what's happened. So sisters and misters, but it's also, um, I think too, there's a, there's a massive amount of people of our age that also want to give back, you know, and absolutely. That's, and one of the things I've always tried to encourage with sisters and misters is, you know, this motto: let's try and make a difference. And we have made a difference. We've raised we've raised over seventy thousand for cancer that research. That is unbelievable, yeah, Rani. Congratulations! I think I've got it again. I've got some applause. <laughs> That's over a period of time and I'm working on a new project um, which we're about to kick off called Busking to Beat Cancer. So I'm looking at the possibility of um, going around and busking at various events, again trying to raise money for cancer research. So that's sisters and misters. But one of the things that came from that also was um, working in various places. I mean, we, we did a, an amazing, a really moving performance at um, a place out that was attached to the Royal Melbourne Hospital and it was for people that had brain-acquired injuries through car accidents or 
or whatever, strokes, etc. And I remember the, the lady that um, booked us came up to me and said, Irene, I can't believe it. There's a man there that we've never had one word come out of his mouth and today he just sang his heart out. Oh, and that was really yeah. amazing. So I think it's the empowerment and all that. Plus, as I said, people want to give back. I mean, you've got things like Rotary, you've got things like um, View Club, which is a wonderful women's organisation that raises money for the Smith family. You've got um, Probus. But sometimes people don't want to be part of a club. People say, I don't want to join that. I want to sing and be able to, to go out into the community and make a difference and sing at nursing homes. And also there friendships you know it's amazing people that are now best friends you know we've even had a couple of marriages oh tinder watch out so very exciting <laughs> and Rene, you've also started a regional group i have started a group in philip island because i have mm-hmm. a house in philip island and that started in april and that's going fantastically well so that's um very exciting that's just in the early stages but um it's being received Really favourably. And by the way, if people want to get in touch about Sisters and Misters, all you need to do is Google Sisters and Misters of Song and all the contact details will be there. Rini, as if you're not busy enough, I mean, really, you're incredibly busy, but you're also doing some work for a local council. So part of what, um, one of the performances we started doing was working for the City of Hume um, for their Seniors Festival, uh, which is generally in October. And one of the organisers there came up to me and said, would you be interested in starting up a singing group? I think it's, it's part of, like, similar things, active ageing. So this is to encourage people to come out of their houses. These are people that are living at home. As we know, there is a lot of encouragement for people to stay in their own home. So this bus comes and picks them up. and We have about a dozen or so people aged from about oh, late 60s to early 80s. And I teach them to sing. They're called the Hume Harmonisers. Oh, that's gorgeous. <laughs> And they're beautiful and they are such an important part of my life. And now also um, through the council I actually run a session for people with dementia and and that is incredibly rewarding. Irene, you've got a mix of people in Sisters and Misters, I would gather. Oh, I sure have, Susie, going from, you know, um, mums, medical people. There's something about teachers and principals. I've got so many teachers and principals, which I think is amazing. They're closet but singers. Closet singers. <laughs> maybe they've sung at school. But I also have a heap of nurses. And I'll tell you one thing. Recently, um, on a Monday night, which is my Eltham session, um, somebody wasn't feeling particularly good and they, they sort of fainted. Well, goodness me, all of a sudden, 16 nurses all went to it. <laughs> 16 and I had to say, well, I tell you what, the safest place in Melbourne on a Monday night from 7 to 9pm is Sisters and Misters at Eltham Primary School That's because right. there's 16 nurses that can look after you. Look, on a more serious note, let's face it, you're doing all this stuff, all this amazing stuff, but you're not 30 years old. You know, how have you dealt with those changes? Oh, Susie, well, I suppose that's what, what it's all about, isn't it? It's about um, reinventing yourself and, and, you, and sometimes in life you have to reinvent yourself because you can't do things the way you used to. I mean, um, we all know that singing is, is a wonderful, wonderfully glamorous job, getting up there, standing up and singing. But sometimes as we get older, 
things don't operate as well and that's your knees and of course so much of our our profession is standing up and suddenly for me I'm now sort of suffering from arthritis and two really bad knees that need replacements and I just can't do what I used to do but however I mean I can still sing and sit on a stool which is great no limitations and so um, the world is your oyster so it's it is about reinventing yourself and saying I, I have restrictions but how can I continue or do something else and still receive all the benefits and all the fantastic feelings of of being able to front a band and um and I still can do that nobody knows any different that's right and it's a mindset isn't it Rennie it's it is. it's concentrating on what you can do rather than what you can't do that's right absolutely yeah. so and it is a, a mindset I just want to thank you so much for giving up your time. You've been so generous. Um, we've loved having you on the first two episodes of Tofty and we hope you'll come back in the future. All the best with Sisters and Misters and thank you. Even though the grey matter might be shrinking, it's a good idea to keep on thinking. And this is it. The big brain bit. So, Karen, this is the big brain bit, and we are going to talk specifically about retirement and retirement options in this. You know, there's only so many times you can go to the gym or talk to your financial advisor and all that sort of thing. I know. And the funny thing happened um, with when retirement was approaching for me because a kind friend handed me a very well-thumbed copy of What Colour Is Your Parachute for Retirement? That's the name of the book. It's, there's a whole lot of What Colour Is Your Parachutes that I've actually given my kids about how to do well in job interviews. It's by Nelson and Bowles and the retirement one is fantastic. It's really quite practical. It's a, like a roadmap for your later years. They're really on about an undivided life. They think that you should be able to find the core things that motivate you and that'll actually put things in perspective for you mm. at this end of your life. And in fact, um, we're going to get to Socrates now, Sue. I just want to get that in there because, oh. you know, it's the big brain bit. What he said, know thyself. Know thyself. Well, oh, I love yeah. that. And Karen, you're right because and I've got all these memories and life experiences from the past and I don't really know what to do with them. I'm, I'm getting great affection for them. Can Socrates help with that? He can, but the, we, we, we can't interview him today. Oh. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this book and what it does is you do all these questionnaires. Now, if you're one of those people that hates filling out questionnaires and ticking little mm-hmm. boxes and things, don't buy this book. No. But if you do like doing questionnaires that it's all designed to elicit from you what you really value – I love doing those. You know, that was part of my whole lesson plan. For half a year, one time, <laughs> oh, was that's right. kids all the students do was tick boxes. <laughs> tick boxes and do questionnaires all day, which they loved. And, of course, you know, in those magazines that people like reading at the hairdressers and things, mm-hmm. well, you know, there's always those questionnaires yep. there. Yep. Or oh, have they gone out of fashion? Do you, think do you think questionnaires are still in fashion? You know, um, you, oh, I don't. I haven't I, filled out many. Well, there's a lot of online ones now that there? drive oh. you crazy. When you buy, you know, one bar of soap from somewhere, they want to know how happy you oh, were. Yeah, the how happy you oh, are. God. Yeah, that's you know, right. And it's yeah. a forty-page questionnaire about a bar of soap. Oh yeah, something that was just a, a minute. Yeah, mm. that took you. Oh well. Anyway, well these, these questionnaires, of course, are a lot deeper. They help you find out. What makes you TikTok? That's right. They do help you make what makes you – what's that you said? TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like you, you can actually weave your way through it and think, 
yes, that's me. That's my feelings about the world. That's what I want to do. It does mention health and finance because they mm-hmm. think clear that up. Uh, but after clearing up the health and finance, they've what else? You've got to find the other things. That well, you it helps, you know, provoke you into thinking deeply about where you want to live, how you want to spend your time, some helpful hints, as you said, about health and finance along the way. But it's really those bigger issues, those yes, deeper things. Yes, the deeper things that are there as well because, as he said, unless you're tuning into your values and doing something just like Rini is, mm. that she really values and she's giving back to the community. So it'll help you find – what ways you want to do that. That's right. And, and mm. have you got a big brain thought to leave us with, Karen? It's not an original one, but I love it. I do love this. And you know what? Uh, this actually came out of my art class. It's not original. I've forgotten who actually said it. But um, it's marvellous because it really challenges you and it made me think a lot. And it's what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Mm, fantastic. That, and that's it for the big brain bit for this Ooh, week. And we're going exciting. beyond the front door. Oh, beyond the front door. Yes. Yes. Yay. We love it. You've got a big smart telly and pay TV and a very, very comfy chip. But sometimes the walls, they start closing in. And there's a world of adventures out there. And if you want to know more, you want to do more, you want to see more, then you've got to go beyond the front door. So Mike and I decided to go to Noosa in the school holidays and in my household I'm known as the PA because I'm the reminder, remember this, remember that, have you done this, have you done that and I'm even worse when we're going away, right? Have you packed your goggles, all that sort of thing. Yes, I've noticed. Yes, right. So anyway, Mike said, Sue, I got the hand, stop, I'm a grown man, I can pack my bag. So I backed away and we left it at that, right? So... We go to the airport really early. It's a good thing that we do and we always do it because Mike has metal in his hips. I'll go into that later. Mm. But we always get there early. And, of course, checking in the night before, 24 hours before, is so that it's much smoother when you get to the airport. Oh, yes, that's right. It's supposed to be very smooth. But with the budget airline, it doesn't believe you've checked in, so it asks you to do that again. So we did that. That's all right. Get the bag tag, put that on, get the suitcase over to the weighing, you know, conveyor belt. The suitcase won't go anywhere because on the screen it says you haven't printed your bag tag. That's right. You, you clearly hadn't according to the <laughs> well, computer. We had and it I was know. on the case, right? So then, you know, we do it again, the whole thing. It was actually you, physically on the case. It but was, yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, you oh, haven't okay. printed your bag tag, right? Now, everyone can relate to this. You try yeah. and be... Yeah, you try and be polite and all that, but by the third or fourth go, you are then almost yelling at the screen. The computer thinks we have printed our bad tag. We have. We it's there. Can't you see it? Anyway, yes. so we're talking to a machine. Excellent. Well, where were the people? Well, there was someone helping, but he was helping a large group who were having a similar problem. So we just we stood there and waited. Anyway, he came along. He was great, and then he tried it three or four times, and the same thing happened. You haven't printed your bag tag. So we were just all about to give up and go and print another bag tag <laughs> when suddenly. The suitcase took off. Of course, it did. randomly. <laughs> yes, it just sailed off into the randomly sunset. Right. So that was the off. first bit. Okay, so that's all good. Then we get to security. Now, as I mentioned, my husband has 
two lumps of sort of space age technology metal in his hips. So of course he goes off, goes ding when he goes through the, yes. the metal detector. So for carry on luggage, we had a backpack and my handbag and phones and stuff like that. So I go through first, Mike takes his shoes off and his belt because he knows that, you know, yes, he's got it limited yes. to his hips, right? Yep. They all sail through and then his backpack starts coming through and I hear the ping of Mike going through the metal detector. That's all right. Now, don't you hate it when you've got all the bags going through the security check in a straight line and then it's like the train lines divide and one thing goes off in another. It veers yes, off. Yes, and it veers off for a reason. They don't because like Because there's that something <laughs> dodgy right. in there, There's something right? dodgy in your bag. And at that point I knew what the dodgy thing was oh, in the backpack. Knew. Yeah, and ah. this backpack had spectacles and yeah. biros and chargers yeah. and change of clothes in case yeah. our Lunches, luggage went missing, all that. Hungry. All mm. that, you all know. All your food, yeah. So the yeah. fact that they found this dodgy mm. thing was really comforting. But anyway, yeah. so the bag's there and you know how some people at security at an airport are not always friendly? Yes. We had this lovely woman. So she she's there, yep, mm. being very patient, hand mm. on the backpack. And then she, I said, look, that's my husband's. And she said, oh, where is he? And I said, well, he, oh, he was right behind me. Oh, but now he's gone. He's disappeared. How suspicious do I feel you're, at that you're point? You're starting to look suspicious. <laughs> you had, there's something in the backpack. And you're pretending you had a husband. That's right. And <laughs> he's got, nowhere to be he's seen. He's nowhere to be seen. Right. Anyway, ah. we wait and we wait and we wait. And I've got the shoes and the belt and all that sort of stuff. We probably waited 10 minutes, which felt like... Yeah, that's an a hour. long time. Because we're holding under people the gaze up. Of oh, God. Border security. Absolutely. Those men in their black outfits. Yes, are and women. For you. And women. Yeah. And women. Yeah, anyway, and so women. eventually we both get sick of waiting. And Good. kind woman said, Would you like to go through the backpack with me? And I said, Look, yes. At that point, Mike emerges. My husband comes through. So. I said, mm. Mike's Swiss Army knife folded up that he brought back from his golf trip will be in that backpack. She said, oh, yes, I just have to find it. Da, 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 da. So she finds it and then, of course, she said, look, I'm going to have to confiscate this. And Mike said, it was $80. And she said, well, the alternative is you have to go right back out again and start from square one and, you know. Put, put the it, whole bag yeah, in, yeah, in, under the plane. The, in the plane. Yeah, oh. so Mark says, I'll do that. Oh. In the meantime, right. I just quickly find out what happened to him and why he took so long. Yes. Right, and where he disappeared to. Why did he disappear? Well, they took him aside when his hips went ping. Now, this should be in the big brain bit because he's had Birmingham hip resurfacing, which 17 wow. years ago was a was a new technology. Birmingham yeah, hip It's been amazing. Resurfacing. He yeah. had oh. really bad arthritis in his 40s and would be in a wheelchair now and this oh. technology Wow, isn't is that fantastic? Amazing, yeah, amazing. Right? yeah. So people might want to look that up. Mm. Uh, but anyway, so they took him aside to do the scanning of his hips and the man that was going to scan his hips went on a shift change. So there was only a woman. She said, I've got to find a man to, do, to scan you. Oh, so right. she took him to a totally different area in search of a man. A That's man. where he disappeared. Any, to. any man? Or? Yeah. No, no, not some <laughs> random man. No. A man in a uniform a man in with, a a wand, with a wand. With a wand. Yeah. So anyway, right. that's why I couldn't see him. So the man comes up finally because he had to mm. wait for a man to scan him, and his wand was dead. <laughs> A dead look. There's nothing worse than a dead one. A dead one. The batteries were flat in the wand. Of course, they were. So then he had to go off and find some batteries or a wand that was working, and that's why it took forever. Right? Is the plane leaving yet? No, because (laughs) we went. This is oh, you went early. Oh, that's the point. We had plenty of time, so (gasps) we lost about thirty minutes so far. Oh, right. (laughs) Anyway, so I go. I'm through, and I get nabbed for the explosive, you know, scan and all that. Do that, of course. And then I'm sitting there on the other side, and Mike takes forever, and I thought he's only got a printer bag tag and stow the Yes, the what's backpack. he doing out there? Well, 
the airport had filled up by now. Yes. So he does all that. Then he get, puts the backpack on the conveyor belt. Yes. And the screen that we had a conversation <laughs> with before said, I don't like not, you. No, I don't <laughs> like you. The bag's not heavy enough. The oh. bag's too light. So it wouldn't go anywhere. The so bag's too light? Yes. I've never heard of that before. A I too know. Light so bag. then Mike turned the bag around thinking he could trick the oh. scales into thinking it was a different weight. But guess what? That didn't work. No, right. that wouldn't have worked. So anyway, I think the sign came on to say, get a tray. So he did that and the bag went through. So finally, oh. I've been waiting on the other side, sitting there with a pair of man's shoes and a man's belt looking like, you know, a deserted eHarmony person. Yes. Right. So you, you were trying to take <laughs> off a man's shoes. That's right. And he ran away. I know. Looking okay. very glum. So uh, finally Mike's come, Mike comes through. Back. Celebration, celebration. Anyway. Has he got no shoes on? No, no <laughs> shoes on. I'd forgotten about so, that bit. He's running around the airport <laughs> in his socks. <laughs> without a belt. Without a belt. Do you know, I, that, I think, that, that is just dawned on me. That's now a that bit you weird. Mentioned. You know, like I would be more suspicious of that. that. A man, now, in, his a man socks. in his socks with no belt. <laughs> his pants could fall down. I know. Well, oh let's God. not go there. No. But anyway, finally he comes through. Yeah. And the moral of the story is. What? Get to the airport early. Yes. Even if you don't have metal hips. No. Because, Karen, we still had time for a coffee before we boarded. Oh, that I is know, I know. That I know. is amazing. So that's beyond the front door. That's right. It is beyond the front door. And I'm just going to say that I have a metal ankle, as you know, because you remember yes. I, I um, smashed my ankle in 16, and it's a Meccano setting. Yes. There's yeah. 16 pieces or whatever. And, of course, I said to my doctor – Look, what happens when I go through those things and mm-hmm. it goes off? And he said, oh, well, I don't know if yours is going to go off, but he said, I certainly can't give you a letter or anything. You know, and that's true. They can't give you. I know you might obviously it occurred to most people, but it hadn't occurred to me. I thought, oh, he can give me a letter. Mm. But you can't get a letter because – Because if you're up to no good. If you're up to no good, you're still – agreeing with what you're doing. Yes, and you could – yeah, and you could get, get yourself through there. Very yes. easily with, oh, here's my letter from my doctor. So mm. I'm sure lots of people have got, you know, metal bits in them now and uh, yes, we, and they have we, to, we do and you have to yeah. be careful. Yeah, because yeah. you Even yeah. young people with, you know, mm. um, bits in their knees and stuff like and that. And their noses. And their noses. <laughs> yeah, you know, and on <laughs> it's their It's a big piercing. Yeah, yes. anyway, anyway, we're just carrying on now. We but are. that was beyond the front door and we did eventually get to Noosa. Oh, yes, and I hope you had a lovely time. And we hope you all have a lovely time because I think that's it for our show this week. That is, and in Episode 3 we will be talking to Linda from Box Hill. Oh, yes. And she does amazing things. Yes, karate. Yeah, what's she doing? Karate. She does disco roller skating. Disco roller skating, karate, and she runs B Hotels in her backyard. That's it. That's it. (laughs) So look forward to that Episode 3. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. Tofty, Tofty, T-O-F-T-Y